Impact 89 FM's video game podcast for hot takes and industry news. Welcome to Joysticks. All right. Hello. We're back once again. We are from the the, uh, lovely holiday known as Thanksgiving. Mm. And Black Friday. Um, yeah, that's yes. the most important How could holiday. I have forgotten? It's more important to me, <laughs> in my opinion. It really do Sorry. be like that sometimes, honestly. What am I thankful for this year? Black Friday. You know what? Those Black Friday sales do be popping off, though. Right? And then you get to Cyber Monday, and it's just like, Ooh. Not if you're Walmart, though, because they had horrible deals. <laughs> I think every place had, like, horrible deals. Yeah. I was actually surprised by Best Buy. Best Buy has normally horrible deals. They had great Blu-ray deals. Bloop. Ooh. Okay, yeah, but that's the, you just said it, like blu-ray deals like it, it's blu-ray <laughs> yeah like but walmart normally has the better deals from blu-ray and they didn't wait pe- wait people like actually still buy blu-rays i do i collect them yeah i have like over 100 movies i vibe with that anyways <laughs> my name is ron Kaczynski. i use he they pronouns i'm matt cruz i use he him his pronouns i'm mason allen i use he him his pronouns as well and welcome back to joysticks uh, we did say last time we had a special surprise that is going to be scheduled, hopefully for next episode. Yeah, that special surprise is sick right now. Which yeah, I hope he's not lying. I hope he feels better. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> I hope he gets well. <laughs> that sounded like a threat. <laughs> we still have content for you. That so, we do. That this is a do. this is a bottleneck episode. This a bottle is a, a filler. True. Wow, we've already reached that that part of Naruto Shippuden, huh? <laughs> we've three, already three episodes reached... in, we've already ran out of all our ideas. Yep, we were like, here's our filler arc. <laughs> but before we start off to our main conversation, I know we had a bunch of Black Friday hauls. Woo. So would anybody like to go first? Talk about it. Oh, I forgot Matt didn't do any shopping, so I'll go. Well, actually, oh the God. GameStop <laughs> sale on used games ends today. And I'm I'm just gonna like kind of look, just because there there are some GameStop used has a titles that I need. Yeah, it's buy two get one free. That's what I did. And like, you know, as somebody whose eyes glaze over when they see the dead 3DS section and the dead DS section and the lack of PS3 games, your boy needs some titles. You just see the glass case full of uh three uh 3DS and DS games. Yeah, fun without fact, a cartridge. I actually case. have one of those. A GameStop didn't need one, and they gave it to me. Oh my god! Like, like, like a glass yeah, like the, like the glass case that they used to hold like their DS and their 3DS games in. I have one of those. Stop. What do you use it for? Oh, I use it to hold my um, loose collection of GBA games because I don't have boxes for many of them. Man, this guy's out here stonks. You just got a lot of. That's how you get all the girls in, huh? Or any preferred gender, of course. <laughs> Hey Thanks. babe, you want to see my loose collection of GBA games? <laughs> hey. I got this. Why does that remind me of the episode of iCarly where the one guy she was dating, he showed oh, her the, her room, the, like the Pee Wee babies. babies, the Pee Wee Babies. Oh my god! Yeah. I just want an auction about. I just want an auction for is it was it like Peter the Penguin or something like that? That was like a the plot line in the episode. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Just like, hey baby, you know you want to see my loose copy of Earthbound. You know, I understand the labels torn, but like, yeah. it's got the original manual for the big box. So like, it was the Pee-wee. Come, it come was slide in these Pee-wee babies. They're a parody of Beanie Babies. They are. I yeah. forget Beanie Babies were a thing, honestly. Mm. So you're probably just going to be looking at GameStop deals. 
Yeah, honestly, like I, there's like a few 3DS games uh, in the Pokemon series that I need to get, like the Mystery Dungeons Oof, yeah. and like the Rumble games I need to check out. And then I'm sure there's like some like old 3D, uh, some old PS3 titles, like uh, some, I don't know, some just Katamari games or just because they never have JRPGs in stock. So it's just like no. whatever they do that might be worth picking up is what I'll usually look at. And, you know, it's actually kind of worth it for if it's like older games that are getting harder to find like i I will justify that but yeah like that's kind of what i'm gonna do is just look online see if there's any older games that i want for my collection and just sift through that yep and then i'll endlessly exchange them until i get one with the case in the manual (laughs) i'm I'm not even joking i don't blame you like i literally saw i sold gamestop out of east 8 lacrimosa of donna copies for the nintendo switch because they kept having it used but they never had a copy with the manual. So I keep ordering it and ordering it until I sold them out. And apparently all the copies I had left were loose and it broke my heart. Oh my That's sad. It's okay. I, re- I got one on eBay for a, a good price. So nice. There was a deal that I was going for and I, I had it on a list and I just didn't buy it. And I don't know why I didn't get it. What was it? It was Red Dead Redemption 2. Because I, I had bought Ooh. it originally back in 2018 when it launched. And then my friends and I played it for like two months straight. And then I just got like, I just dropped off. Like, I just got so bored with it and the online, like, we didn't even try it. And all my other friends stopped playing it. And I was just like, well, I guess I don't have any use for this game. So I sold it. And, but I just keep seeing like videos about it since it makes me want to have it again. And right now, as I said on GameStop, I have the website pulled up. It's 20 bucks right now. Honestly, pre owned. Uh, you might be able to get it for cheaper because Red Dead Redemption 2 is like one of those games where everybody buys and it just becomes very cheap down the line yeah just so it, honestly it might be better for you to like go on ebay or amazon or something like that and just look at the price for like a complete copy or even I a loose one if you don't for care it. about the case i should have looked for it in the uh i went to like a you know trade buy sell trade store yeah mm-hmm. where i normally go and i i should have looked for it but i i didn't i guess i mean yeah most kids aren't gonna have like low print run jrpgs made by x seed like they're gonna have <laughs> they're gonna five. have like titanfall 2 um yeah they are but yeah, like they're they're gonna have like you know Titanfall two, the latest Call of Duty, mm-hmm. uh, you know the, the latest FIFA and like Red Dead Redemption two. Like, I I think you'll be able to find a that's copy like for the starter cheap. pick starter pack for like that parents buy when they're not True. into games, so they're just like these are seem very popular. Honestly, thank God for siblings because <laughs> I I didn't know it like until like now, but like looking at my brothers like old n64 games that he grew up with like oh oh my god he had all the bangers he had all the bangers like i mean not all of them but like all the bangers like that that shaped me right Mm -hmm. my brother did have he was the xbox player before i was so he introduced me to halo reach and like minecraft on the 360 and all those games like if i didn't if he didn't do that i probably wouldn't have i probably would still stuck to a nintendo Mm -hmm. i get Mm -hmm. that Another deal I was going for was uh, Ghost of Tsushima for PS4. Mm. The director's cut, it was like 40 bucks. Ooh. And I didn't buy it for some reason. I don't know why. I bought like two of games that I honestly don't know why I bought them. Probably because there were two pre-owned games I could get that got me that deal, which right. was I was going for Sonic Mania for mm-hmm. the Switch. And I did find it, um, but they only had it online. And because GameStop is dumb. They were like, oh, well, if you get this one online pre-owned, you have to buy the other two online pre-owned for the deal to work. Yeah, that, that's how oh. that works because GameStop doesn't, like, when you're a, a wholesaler, you don't make that much money on new product. It would be, you make most of your money on, on used product. 
Yeah. yeah. I actually need to go to, they just clearanced 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim to like 20 bucks and they have a copy with the art book at like the Lake Lansing GameStop that I might go try. You know what's funny? You just said that and I, it just popped up in the site. They have for 20 bucks. Yeah, it's supposed to be like a super good, I think it's like a visual novel. It's a visual novel. Yeah, but with I've a heard, bit of tower I've never, defense. I've, I've heard, like heard of grave reviews about it. So I, I played think I'm it. Pick it up. It, it gets weird. That's what I'll tell you. I mean, but that's kind of what you expected. Like bio, like when I played Bioshock Infinite, like that game got weird. Same type of weird. You know what? I'm I'm a vibe for it. I mean, I love weird games like that just because they're just like I just appreciate when like they just go against the grain or decide to like embrace whatever it is that they're doing wholeheartedly and they're just like you know what full send. I support yeah. that. Why didn't I go for that either? I missed out on that too. The Crisis Remastered trilogy. Ooh, I love those games. I specifically remember renting Crisis 2 from Blockbuster when I was younger, and then I bought Crisis 3 for the Xbox One when it came out. It was like launch edition. It came with the crossbow and all that. The hunting bow. Oh, that's bow. cool. Oh my god. Oh, the but I never played the first one, but I love the second game. I have such like visual or vivid memories of that game. So good. I, I saw your face when I said... I rented it from Blockbuster. That shows how young I was, or at least how far that game was back then. Well, no, just because it's like, you know, I remember renting stuff from Blockbuster. It's like, right. you know, we talk about that like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, I remember Blockbuster. And I was like, I remember that being like a week, like almost like a bi-weekly thing. Oh, yeah. No, so oh, for me, like, it was weekly. Yeah. 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 Like, like, I feel like every week or every week and a half, like. You would go just go to Blockbuster, Blockbuster, get a movie, get a game. I think I might have to go back to GameStop and crash on these things I missed out on. <laughs> Sonic Colors. The Ultimate Edition, it's already 20 bucks. Sonic Colors is not a good Sonic version? game, I'm sorry. Hmm? Which version? Because I know the Switch one is very buggy from what I've heard. It's for the Xbox and PS4. Those aren't bad. <laughs> I but, mean, like, you're buying Sonic Colors, so uh, are they yeah, really yeah. not bad? Sonic Colors, I, I mean, I've heard it was regarded as one of the better Sonic games. Like, I've heard it was being called some of the best. I personally did not play much of it, so I can't I mean, really say that much. From when I did play, I enjoyed it, but... When I look at like the gameplay, it doesn't look like a an HD remaster. You know, yeah. it looks like the same vein as the Super Mario trilogy remaster they did with sixty four, um, whatever it was, Sunshine and Galaxy. And it's, Galaxy, it's yeah, kind of... they didn't look like HD. It almost, it just, you know, it did it. I just, I don't know. I just couldn't justify buying it. That's fair. Yeah. Honestly, though, like, I feel like saying that it's a better Sonic game that's pretty misleading compared to like. Cause there's some real highs in the Sonic library, but there's also like there's some there's some lows, there's some, some, lows. some abysmal lows. Sonic O Six. <sighs> Honestly, Sonic O Six is kind of fun simply because it's such a broken game. Yeah, it's it, the it's it, scoring systems should be on a parabola. I almost want to play like it again. Negative just ten. To... It's really bad, but dang, is it fun? Yeah, like there's a lot of clunky games that are just like this is bad. But it's enjoyable because it gives you a lot of free reign. And yes. Sonic 06 is like one of those games where people, yeah, it's awful, but like people appreciate it because it's awful. Because it's like, how how could you, like, it's almost kind of like Balan Wonderworld. Like, I'm so enthralled. Like, I've seen so many video essays on Balan Wonderworld. Stop. Just because I'm just so, like, I just, it's just, it should be impossible how a game that awful could make it to market. Again, you just mentioned that game, and it just came up on the website. Maybe, well, yeah, they're trying—they're trying to get rid of all those it's copies. It's fifteen dollars right should, now. We should have known when the title was Balan Wonderworld and not Balan Wonderland. True, I was super excited for that game because 
I, I thought it was gonna be like some weird JRPG because it was made by Square. It was published by Square Enix, and I'm like, that's how I felt. Oh my gosh, there was a game that came out that I was super excited for. It was by the developer. I think it was Zero Time Dilemma and Danganronpa. They made a game together, and I was so excited. It was. I think so I know what you're talking bad. about. Um, wasn't it like a DLC only game? Like I don't think it was. Because the only physical ones are Danganronpa, uh, the first, second, uh, V3, was it um, Ultra, Ultra Despair. Despair Girls, and I think that's it? No, you're thinking no, of four. I'm missing of some. I'm definitely missing something else. Oh my gosh, I, oh, I gotta find this game. But I remember getting it, and I was so excited, and then I got past what they showed in the trailer, and I was like, man, this was... This was not good. I that. literally returned it. Literally days after I played it. Honestly, I bought a game because it looked good. I, I I looked it up. It was like a Metroidvania like game for the Switch. Mm-hmm. And then like I don't know, like a week after, like like yesterday, I popped into my Switch because uh, I was just too busy playing like Pokemon, and it is so bad. I'm gonna see if I can return it. Like it's just so clunky. And it's like it lags, and it's it's an eight bit game. Ooh, yeah, like thirty frames per second, eight bit game. And like with the Metroidvania, you need like precise movements and graphical clarity for those games to really shine. And I just, I just, I just, I, how can you cause a game to lag when it can be run on like a TI eighty four? Yeah, I don't know. Oh don't wow! Know. If <laughs> Hot Wheels Unleashed. And then Nintendo Switch sold out right now. Which, I actually, I heard about the Hot Wheels Unleashed game. It, actually, I've heard good reviews about it. Like, people are having fun with it, which... Honestly, I feel like... I feel like there's less shovelware these days. Which is a good thing. You know? We don't, I think the, the Switch has a bad reputation of being a shovelware dumping ground. Well, I think that's just true for any Nintendo system, because Nintendo, like centers its brand around children like you know like they use like gears of war and uh final fantasy and like xbox and ps4 marketing uh campaigns you know for like the older clientele versus nintendo's like it's always mario like there's plenty of like uh not really exclusive games but you know there's plenty of like great games that are also on the switch that are for an older demographic, but it's just like they know that they their marketing segment is like the parents of children and children. I think that des- describes no better game than the game I was just talking about, which is World's End Club. Oh yeah, I've listen. I've seen I've seen that, and it's like, listen, I is is it good? No, no, it's not. No way. Okay, okay. Because okay, because not, then because I, I was a fan of both games. When they described it as, I use this term loosely, like kids going through a death game, which is the wait. That's literally the world's, and that's literally the world ends with you. Yes, it is. It that was that game, which I want to play. It's so good. It's I know so it is. I have to get it. But you can borrow a copy. Uh, it's on the Switch. No, no, the one you need to play it on the DS. The Switch is. No, 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 no. Those okay. controls are. Awful. Those controls are awful. Anyways, continue. But it it was Zero Time Dilemma, which I love those games. They're also a weird brand weird that, like, once you get further down the line, it's like, listen, we're throwing all caution to the wind. 
And then you have Danganronpa, which is a different type of weird. Right. But when they when they got these two people together, I was not expecting <laughs> World's End Club. It's like one of those things where it's like two, 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 two powerhouses should make a right, right? Yes, but it's it just sometimes it doesn't. Wrong, because like whatever, like the story is fine, but the main controls and levels, it was weird. So, Rowan, indulge us. What was your Black Friday experience? Oh, God. For me, my Christmas came early because I went to go see my mom and I want to be able to see her for Christmas because flights are expensive. So, I luck. <laughs> Probably the biggest haul was a new mouse for me because <laughs> I had a Bluetooth mouse for a while. Um,. Note to self, it is not if it is not really close to that uh like USB insert, it wigs out a lot. Hmm. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> like an hour ago I went on my uh PC because I was like just setting stuff up so I can when I get back to my room I will actually do homework. But I was like moving my mouse around. I'm like, wow, this is what it feels like to have a working mouse and have it like work on my pc i feel that like to be fair though like there's like because for a while i just use like a normal usb mouse mm-hmm. but then i bought like a gaming mouse it's so different it's I, I'm not, different... I thought that it wasn't it is no i bought it like a, like a real like mmo mouse because mm-hmm. i'm really into yeah, like, final so fantasy did, 14 so I. and i was just messing around with it and i'm like you can you can change the sensitivity yeah the like, DP- oh my wheel? god i was like the this hot whole, wait wait does yours have hot keys yes. on this? Like this whole new world oh just opened God. up, and I was like, "This is the power of a mouse." I know it's like, oh, it's like one of those things that you don't need until you have it. Yep. And you're like, I I will never go back. Yep. But I think that was kind of it. Uh, like I said, I'm probably just gonna skim through uh, GameStop to see if there's anything that I'm like, yeah, I desperately need that, but. I, th- I think, <laughs> I want to say, I think it says something that it's like this one-time sale that GameStop promotes, like, all these used games that aren't in production anymore that get, like, the most sales, in my opinion. Because, seriously, some of these games, I remember them being so popular, like, all my friends had them, and now, like, they're, like, $150. Like what games? Uh, Mason, you actually saw. I did. <laughs> I was in a uh, just preface. I was in a buy sell trade uh, shop. One of my favorites called Disc Replay, and I was in line with my Black Friday purchases. And I looked over to my right, and they had this big display case. They call it the Vault, and it's full of like their most prized possessions. And I was like, oh, it's Pokemon. I should probably look at these just to have something to talk about in our next podcast. Um, if that episode ever came up and then I saw the price tags attached to these uh, cartridges and I was like, never mind. Again, I just laugh because in the front, it's a regular heart gold case, $159 directly behind it. You know, I'm actually, is this special box for hot gold soul silver. I thought they all came like that at, that's what I thought, because they came with the Poke... Yeah, the, the Poke the Walker? Poke ball, yeah, the Pokeball thing. 
Did they not all come like that? Like I guess not. I didn't see any of them. Well, no, there. either that or like maybe like the kid lost them. Right. But it's like another hundred dollars. Yeah. Granted, I, mean, I can't see if it comes with the Pokewalker. It might. But it I, might. I would imagine that it does because the Pokewalker is like really expensive. Right. Like it's like I think it's like a good like thirty bucks alone, like thirty, fifty bucks. And like the outer box is just like a collector thing, but it also looks really nice. Yeah, if it was just the box and it was $100 more, I would have been like, that's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> that's a straight up scam. And they're telling you it's a scam. Like, I think I've, like, mentioned in, like, previous episodes that, like, you know, these Pokemon games that you could literally just walk into a store and buy, like, walk into GameStop and buy for, like, 50 bucks, like, 40 bucks any day. Now they are, they are so expensive. Soul, wait. Soul Silver is somehow $100, le- $50 less. Soul Silver is $99 <laughs> instead of $150. Let me, well, I think it's because Lugia is more popular. Let me see if that's actually true. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, it's about like a $20 difference between Soul Silver and Heart Gold. Right. I don't know. I mean, it's not like that drastic of it, but I don't know. I mean, you know, people are going crazy over Pokemon right now that have never been into Pokemon. And honestly, if you chose now to buy in, I feel bad for you. Yeah. I won't be making that mistake. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, if, if anybody wants to play some Pokemon games, I have, like, dupes of all of them. Just just, just give them back because they're expensive. But, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll loan you a copy. Like, you got, you just, just I don't, come on, like, $100, $200 for a copy, a complete copy of Heart Gold is robbery. Yeah. Like, I know the video game price that they're not that expensive. But, but here's the thing. Here's my problem. Not just Nintendo, but... Microsoft and Sony do this too. Finding older games is like even the most popular ones super hard. Yeah. Cause I'm sitting here and I'm like seeing people. Cause I remember when uh, I was growing up and people were talking about like people are still talking about it, but like Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Mm. People never yeah, played it. That game is are, so good. People are praising this game. Me, a child was like, I want to play this game. Not available. And if it is, $100. And I'm like, yeah. that's, that's not worth it. Yeah, that's because, like, you know, this is just something that they've always done. You know, they never, you know, they never, they never dust off the old titles that are critically acclaimed. They always just look horrible, which is, you know, kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, that is part of what is causing some of these games to be so expensive. Right. And it doesn't help that, you know, suddenly everybody is remembering that the GameCube was fantastic <laughs> because the GameCube, if you did not know, did not really sell that well, which means that even like the best selling games for the GameCube were dwarfed by the best selling games for the PS2 or the best selling games for the Xbox, which is really weird for me to think because I have a huge GameCube library. And the fact that like, you know, these games that were like dirt cheap are now like, like extremely, ex- extremely expensive. Right. For example, if I may interject, I found I I had played, you know, my first ever game in the Zelda series was Breath of the Wild on the Switch, but I was like, I want to play the other good ones. And I'm like, oh, Wind Waker, for its great one, I want to buy it. Went out to a buy some trade store, they had it for like 50 bucks. I was like, never mind. Honestly, that's not that bad of a deal. Like, for if it had the case and stuff, but like, like even like, even if you look at like the remade though, like they're holding their value. Mm-hmm. Which I think, like, Zelda games generally do well. But, again, like, the only other console that they're available on 
are ones that uh, doesn't does GameStop even still sell the Wii U anymore? Like it would. I you don't know, think so. I don't think you can call the Wii U retro, but it's like at this point in terms of like the general availability of video games for a consumer, it's basically like the same status as like the PS2. I think if resale stores start getting like a couple like new of those like consoles. That's when I'm like, all right, this <laughs> this is when I'm starting to hunt down for those games. Yeah, no, like honestly, like I've I've learned that the best time to hunt for a game or for a console is when it hasn't been retired yet. Because mm-hmm. there's just um there's just so much stuff. Like I like when the 3ds retired. Like I was always on top of getting a lot of RPGs for that right. system, and you know I was like, okay, I have them all. And then when COVID hit, there were just a lot of games that used to be just like, you know, readily available that just shot up in, in value. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to, I have to get more of these now. Right. And we're talking a lot about Nintendo, but I know Sony does it too. But like, I'm the, I'm a PS4 person, but I just remember in, I forget when it happened, but I remember when Sony shut down uh, the PS3 online store. Like, oh yeah wait no i thought that they um they had wasn't they, it like they were like they were going to shut it down that they said psych and then like they said because so many people were just complaining yeah because it was like it, it wasn't the ps3 store but i remember for the playstation 4 they were like we have ps3 games and older right and then eventually they were like psych these are no longer available and i was like well you have a lot of these good games that you just now made I'm not, I'm not going to say eternal, but you extended their life. Right. And now you're just like, nope, wash our hands of that. All right, we're moving on. I think that's like the, to be fair, like, I think there's definitely something to be said about, like, a company's role in that. Like, I think in an ideal world, it would be really cool to, like, still be able to buy, like, Silent Hill 2 digitally on, like, the uh, PlayStation 4 or something like that. Right. But it's like, I don't even know how much, like, how much like server data does it take to keep these old games like on the shelves like i'm not even trying to like play like their side but it's like like it's so funny to me because they're both meeting and completely ignoring a demand that would completely exist for their other like gold standard titles like people are always going to want to play resident evil 4 people are always going to want to play the silent hill games because they don't make them anymore right like at that point why would you like it's not even, like, a, a thing of, like, this is a third party. Like, you own them. Like, just please, please just rematch them. Box set them. I don't care. Just, like, for the sake of other people who don't want to go into a retro shop like Mason and see, like, you know, a game for $150 behind a glass display case. Like, just, just port them. Come on. And be turned away from it because of said price. Yeah, that's why I argued that, like, uh... The Mario 3D All-Stars. Well, I don't agree with it was like, this is only available for like a year for some reason. They printed millions of them. Like, honestly, yeah. you can still buy it new. Right. But that's why I enjoyed like that prospect. Because I was like, I don't have a Nintendo 64. Right. I don't have the ability to play Mario, like the original Mario 64. I have the DS version. Right. I also didn't have a GameCube. I couldn't play Mario Sunshine. That's why I like that kind of game where they're like, hey, here the, the, we heard this was very popular. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I know it got like a lot of flack, but that's definitely because like they left like debug tools in there. Like, you know, if you're gonna do that, like, don't make it like a sl- don't make it obviously slap together. Like, no, and I'm not defending that, right. but I, I I definitely am defending the idea of like, bo- like you said, boxing these older games that right. are no longer for print into a remake. Right, you know, like they made they like I think they remade or they remastered like what Devil May Cry for the PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, Final Fantasy VII, even though it's not the exact same game as Final Fantasy VII, which I would say doesn't really count then. Um, and they did like uh, like God of War as well. Like honestly, if you just do like these gorgeous remasters, people are people are gonna buy them. Like they're fantastic games. Like you know, I think every I think like as we grow up, like there's a lot of games that we finally remember. They're like what would this look like? Like, mm-hmm. it's literally the prime, like, avenue for trying to, like, make money. I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, it takes a lot of time, but, you know, there's a lot of terrible games that you're spending way too much time on already that you should just honestly just, like, throw us a bone, please. <laughs> I think there's, I think, there, like you said, there's a lot of games that, like, even now, looking back, I'm like, Dang, I remember this DS era style game. I mean, just look at uh, Gen 4 for Pokemon. When that finally got remaked and like, uh, is on sale right now. I like I was so hyped because that was my first Pokemon game. Right. And I was like, yeah, these are the game like these are the games that I grew up with. And thinking now, just like, how would it look like as a modern day Pokemon? Right. Uh, the thing is, though, like, I feel like that that should really only exist if, you know, there's only, if there's, like, a barrier for entry for those games. Because, you know, like, with those games, you had to pay, like, $170 to buy a copy of them. Versus, right. you're like, oh, look, these are new, shiny, cool, kind of updated. Not not really, but kind of. For, like, 60 bucks, you know, like, why not? Who's going to say no to that? Right. Um... I don't think it's, I also think it's important to understand what is a remaster versus a remake. Right. Because I think those get used interchangeably a lot. Right. But they're not the same. They're thing. not the same. Not at all. Because in my opinion, from what I've heard from the new Gen 4 quote unquote remake, it's more of a remaster. It's more of yeah. a here's a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. Story's the same. We may have added a couple of new things, but nothing Corely has been changed while the final fantasy remake yeah it's a that's, fundamentally that different is a game. remake literally the battle system is completely changed it changed from turn based to live battle i don't right. know the term it's like a reimagining right which is cool yeah because like you know at that space like what i respect what square did about that was you know they just didn't throw it out the window they just decided to optimize it with how they currently make final fantasy mm-hmm and I think that's a really good way because, you know, the old Final Fantasy games play dummy slow. Yeah. <laughs> so, honestly, maybe for the better. Right. But, you know, like, don't, like, just the can of paint maneuver where it's just like, all right, we're just going to, like, pay uh, Junichi Masuda to make some really pretty music. Uh, and we're gonna, like, maybe add some shaders and some textures, get her looking real spiffy, and then we're gonna sell it to you for $60. Like, will I still buy it? Yes, I will. However, 
I think you're still like there, there's still definitely something that you could be adding to the overall experience when you're especially when you're using a game that is as fundamentally flawed as the original Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. Cause there's still like a lot of flaws that exist in the games. Like honestly, like collision is kind of wonky. Um, type uh, distribution, like there's still no fire types. Like you didn't saw there is no this there's no magical fire island where somebody gives you a good fire type because there are none. It's right. literally just the same game, which is you know cool from a nostalgia standpoint. But it's like I'm old enough to recognize the pitfalls in the games that I played as a kid, and it's frustrating as a consumer to have to pay sixty dollars on a brand new game uh, to see that problems still exist in a game that is touted as like uh you know a remake like it should be better and it's it's very frustrating that it isn't right and i think with that that's kind of where i get the argument where i have the argument of i like the idea of even just having a fresh coat of paint because i was that kid that like didn't have access to the gamecube and people were like touting these GameCube games and we're like, these are really good games. You need to play these games. And now they're being remade like on a newer system. I'm like, okay, cool. Now I can experience them. But as the person who has experienced those games, I'm like, well, I'll just go play the original. Right. So I think, I think it's, it's a slippery slope in that kind of term where it's like, I mean, of course you're not going to please anybody no matter what you do. But it's like, I don't know, <laughs> what are you going to I mean, do? you know, Jordan, on that argument, for example, I'm a really big Mario fan. So when Nintendo was like, hey, you like Mario? I'm like, yeah, I like Mario. Like, okay, we're going to remaster uh, and HD port, like, these games. And I came at a time where I didn't play Super Mario 64. I just, I didn't have a 64 and I didn't have a GameCube. So I didn't play that or Super Sunshine, but I did play Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that game. It's probably my favorite Mario game of all time. But when I was looking at this deal, I'm like, okay, I'm, there's nothing's going to stop me from buying this remaster trilogy. But then I saw the reviews and I realized it wasn't the remaster I was thinking. It was just porting over to an HD format and then charging you $60 for it. And which that turned me away from that. I don't, you know, I didn't want that. And I'm still waiting for game companies when they make these remasters or you know the ports and they charge $60 for it. like the um what was the most recent Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD oh, port yeah, yeah. and it was like oh yeah we're just gonna port it also give us $60 for it it's like why why would I do that but then again like if you think about it it's like why would it's like you could either pay $60 for a new updated like HD port or pay 60 or more for the older edition that was sold, you know, however many years ago. I just, you know, that's like a kind of a dangerous road that people do with HD remasters or how they get the remake and remaster switched up is that I, as a fan, was thinking, oh, they're remaking these games. Like, they're from the ground up. But it was really, it's just like a port. Yeah. And I, I don't like that. And I want, I want them to stop doing that, at least do it with games that actually matter, lower that price point a little bit, but pay more attention to these remasters. Like how you're talking about the Silent Hill games. I have never played a Silent Hill game, but I've always wanted to. I would love a little collection of those that would be remastered 
just all in a bundle you can play them all at once for the people that didn't have a chance to buy those games or even for you know the GameCube Nintendo 64 and I, I like what Nintendo's doing with online is that if you have online you get that sense of you get that free library of NES and SNES games oh but yeah then, the virtual right. console but then they cross the line with the newest when they released the N64 Genesis games you have to pay extra for those ones now in addition to what you're already paying for for the online that's what I'm saying. I'm like they like these companies have st- like online stores full of stuff that you can like for Xbox Game Pass. I know there's a bunch of older games on there. Uh PS uh the PS store uh PS store, yeah. It used to have a bunch of older games and then it was like not anymore. But Nintendo I think is the worst defender. I think that's why oh, tons of people talk about it so much is just that Nintendo just once a new console is out that's when everybody scrambles to get the previous generation's games because they're like these will never be available anymore. And especially now charging, you know, twice as much to get all of those games, it's like do you really want to like pres- I I use this term loosely, but preserve gaming history, or do you want to just give, like, us give us your money? Right. I don't like like we've mentioned before in an older episode. Like Nintendo markets their software as evergreen, but is it really evergreen when you just drop like the classics like that? Like, especially because Nintendo is infamously against like emulation. Right. Like, if you're gonna be against emulation, why literally? Why not have an alternative? Like, people will gladly pay you for these games. Mm-hmm. The issue is, you're literally forcing it because of your inaction against it, aside from a cease and desist, to either, you know, pay people from a secondary market or pirate your property. Like, nobody wins except for, I guess, the player, you know? I mean, it's just, I, I just find it so confusing because. You know, there, there's honestly some great demand for a lot of the titles that they just, for some reason, ignore. You know, like Earthbound, like, yeah, like, I guess it's on the virtual console. I, I think it's on the virtual console literally just for, like, the Wii U and the 3DS. Like, I don't think they've ported it to Switch quite yet. I don't if think they, so. If they will. I'm not sure about that. And, like, the thing about that is, though, like, I feel like the, the Switch kind of has, like, this unique aspect about it that it could really be a a powerhouse for these games. And like you were saying about um, how you had to pay extra for the Genesis and the Nintendo 64 games. Like, why is that different yeah, like, from the NES and SNES? Why are they charging more for those? Like, I guess I get the Genesis games because those are, like, Sega titles, technically. Um, but, like, you know, the Nintendo 64 games, like, why would you do that? Like, that was that's obviously going to be, like the most interesting category because of just how little preservation there is. I think that's why. As far as like, you know, like the library goes. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally, like if they do GameCube, like virtual console, you can't tell me that it's not going to be in a tier above the Genesis and the N64 because I know people will buy it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the thing, like just honestly, like I wouldn't even be mad if they just let people buy it. Like, cool, if you want to have a draconian system like that, you know what, at least you're giving the product away in a way that it can be purchased, but, like, at this point, like, you're literally doing nothing. Like, 
I just, just please port your games, please. And I know we've talked about it. Like, none of us are developers, <laughs> so we have no idea how much it, it, like, actually takes to keep a game on a server. But there's got to be a better solution than this. Right. Like, but there's got to be a longer shelf life than what they're giving right. us. Like, like, you know, like I said, Evergreen. Yes, it does take a lot of resources to port a game, but don't act like... If you ported a game that was beloved to like every subsequent generation, people would still buy it. Mm -hmm. Like that's the point. That's the point of like the preservation. Like nobody's suddenly going to lose interest in it. It's not going to suddenly become a bad game. Like people will buy it. Like it is a worthwhile investment in every single way that you look at it, except maybe not to them. Right. And but if if it I like I said, it's, it's giving an access to a newer generation to play that game. I think that's the biggest appeal. Whether or not pe like people who have already played it are like, yeah, I just go play the original, blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever. This newer generation of, of gamers are going to be able to play this beloved game. You know, that kind of, like, one of the things about, like, their just inaction to, like, port stuff is what I think makes a lot of, like, devices as emulators, like, become really appealing to people. Yeah. Like, you know, I've always seen, like, you know, in your math class, you can probably see some kid with a TI-84 playing, like, Fire Red if he's got a bougie one with a backlit screen. Like, honestly, the Wii U is 100%. Once they, I don't know if they've, like, completely reverse engineered it yet or, like, created, like, a perfect emulator for it. But they actually do sell uh, DS virtual console games for the Wii U. So once that entire operation gets figured out, that's going to be the new DS because that'll basically be like people going out of their way to upscale DS games to be played in HD in like an actually compatible and reasonable way to play them. Yep. And like you could have had that if you just didn't drop it. Like you just you just need to get your all your stuff together. And you need to focus on like what your fans actually want. <laughs> like just, just, just listen to them, and you you won't be surprised. Like that's why people were angry when they said Skyward Sword was going to be announced because you you just didn't listen. Right. Uh, Especially from it being like, was it two generations ago? Yeah, it was the Wii. Yeah, like that one was. Even for me, like it was a surprise. Like I was like that. While it is old, it's not some of your right. oldest games that people are asking for. Right. Like, you know, for the Wii U, at least I understood, like, Wind Waker. Like, yeah. totally understood that. Totally understood Twilight Princess because, you know, that game was released on both the GameCube and the Wii. Like, the textures weren't, like, upscaled for anything because it was, I think, I don't know if it was a launch title. I think it was, like, you know, just a very early title. So I totally get them upscaling that. But, like, wh why would you choose Skyward Sword over, like, any other 3D Zelda game that has received much more praise. Not not to like hate on Skyward Sword. I think it's a fine game. It's it's I think it's actually a good game. But like nobody asked for this. I think that's the biggest thing. Well it's like even with Nintendo, it's if we're considering their current track history, their fans really divided because they want them to release, you know, good ports of retro older games but at the same time they don't release enough original stuff 
Because then it's like every Nintendo Direct, it's like, oh, here's another, some Final Fantasy remake, port, whatever. Here's another game that no one's heard about. Here's another game for a series that's on its, like, 15th game, but there's no, like, original games. Like, we just now got announcements for Splatoon 3, and I think some other game, but can you think of any other new content that they have announced besides, like, more shovelware? Not at all. Other... Like, especially Final Fantasy and Fire Emblem, I feel like are the biggest offenders in this list. They always have some kind of game they're turning out for that series. I will defend... To be fair, they are good games. I will defend Final Fantasy, because they just had a bunch of pixel remakes come out. That's the only thing I will defend about that. Yeah, but I'm like, not saying it's bad that they're making them, but it seems like it's the only things they're doing nowadays. Like, it's overclouding right. the, oh, we're actually making something new. Like, Splatoon 3, that's huge. But... That's, like, one of the only things they're doing. And then you have, like, the Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl remakes. You have the Final Fantasy remakes. You have a, a Fire Emblem remake. You have, you know, it's just very clouding up that those release markets, you know. I think, kind of in that same vein, I think it's about Nintendo marketing better. I don't think there's a problem with what they're releasing. Because I think, it, it like you said, it's... Fans are divided about what they want, and they will always be. That's not something you can fix. Yeah. But you're gonna have you're gonna want fans who want new stuff who already have access to the older games. You're gonna have fans who want to play the older games and want remakes. You're gonna have like a mix of everybody. But they have to control that. You have to control that, and I think what Nintendo can do and what other developers can do, hold different directs, hold different press conferences for yes. those, especially for how short i don't want to say easy but definitely easier it is to make their online directs for nintendo i think it should be easier just to be like these are our new games for this direct and then nintendo direct is going to be this nintendo retro is going to be all of our remakes yeah and i think that would be a way two different conferences yes and i think that would be a way to kind of ease that and even in in that point if you're going in that direction also one of the Switch's best qualities is its indie game library. Mm-hmm. You, they, I mean, they talk about indie games sometimes. They have the Nindies, you know? Which I actually... That probably stops my sentence altogether because I was going to say we should have a conference that also focuses on the indie games, but they literally have the Nindies. So that actually just proves my point wrong. Yeah. But... I think they should put more focus on it. Yeah. I, I think that's, like, kind of, like, where, like, Sony almost, like, outshines because they, like, you know... Nintendo is a whole has always been very insular in terms of what it promotes and what it chooses to get, you know, put on its system. Yeah. So I think, you know, that really creates like this extreme level of control on the software that gets released. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sony, a lot of their third parties aren't as, you know, some some of their developers are restrained by Sony. Some of them aren't as much. So it gives them, you know, a lot uh a lot wider of a wingspan in terms of like what they what resources they actually have to create with in terms of like you know what they can do themselves without angering the man upstairs right and that's like the issue is nintendo is like acting like it's nintendo's just not big enough to do that but it's acting like they are yeah and like by ignoring it they're just not reconciling it and it's oh my god and like I don't know, just like, yeah, the ninjas are a good thing. However, like, shouldn't they be integrated with your software in general? But that's because 
they're cherry picking everything like they always have. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. What can I say? <laughs> and I, I guess like when you say like you know that divided fan base, we're all a part of that demographic. I mean, I as a, a gamer like I want to play ports or remakes of the games I never got a chance to play, but I also want new stuff. Like if you think about it, like you know. Of course, there's probably a million reasons why they haven't done it yet, but, like, I am the biggest proponent for Super Mario Galaxy 3. Like, there's so much potential to have that on the Switch. It's the perfect console for it. Yeah. And they just did the remaster port for the first game. So, but then at the same time, you know, they, they but th- then they go, like, oh, well, you guys want that. Well, let's give you the second Mario plus Rabbids game that no one probably asked for. I'm sure, like, I've played the first one, and I enjoyed it. But I wasn't like, oh man, I can't wait for a sequel I to pre- this game. I pre-ordered this Mario Rabbids game. <laughs> yeah, like right. I, I can't, I'm not, I can't say that I wanted a sequel for it. What I want a sequel for is Super Mario Galaxy. Like I want new content. Splatoon three is a great step in the right direction. For me, unfortunately, when I got Splatoon, this was before Nintendo Switch Online existed. I was having an absolute blast playing it online, and then that they had that perfectly going free online, and they turned it into pay for it. Uh, which granted compared to xbox live $60 a year which i pay because i'm an idiot (laughs) um but then it's like the 20 dollars a year that's good i don't know i just i I guess also for me is like the current state i am in now with my nintendo switch i don't play it as often and that makes me worry that i wouldn't get my value out of that 20 dollars a month or uh, a year yeah so I had to, unfortunately, I gave up Splatoon 2 because I knew I wasn't going to buy the Switch online and I haven't used my Switch as much as I wanted. So I had to give that up at some point. And that's like, you know, I don't know why I went that tangent, but it's one of my frustrations, I guess, with like some of these games. Like the Splatoon 3 has got to come out, but it's the people that don't want to pay for Switch online. If it has online, which it probably will, what are you going to do then, you know? No, I think, I think it's a valid argument. It's talking about these newer games like they now have so many different paywalls that you have to get through especially the free ones yep we like literally we've talked about how games are going to be probably rising to 70 dollars instead of 60 which is like that's for the triple a ones that's for the triple i'm glad that nintendo hasn't done that but then again when nintendo releases releases the next like i know they have the oled switch but like the next nintendo console Mm -hmm. those could go to 70 if Xbox and Sony can do it, why can't they? Which right. that worries me because I, I don't know. I feel like nowadays sixty, it's like man, that's a lot of money. But okay, here we go. Like I guess, and now it's seventy. It, I mean, in the hindsight, it's ten dollars more. But we don't want it to be ten dollars more. We want to pay for just like, I you know, we just wish games were cheaper and Actually, they're gonna keep rising. Like one of the things that I like about the Switch is that. Not every single game is like forced to be like you know sixty bucks. No, like Great Ace Attorneys was forty bucks on yeah. launch. Yeah, like there's plenty of like and that's two indie games developers. in one. Oh yeah, yeah. Like there's plenty of developers that are you know like thirty, forty, MSRP, even like nineteen ninety nine MSRP on like physical games, which is really really cool to see. And yeah. they're digital games. Like yeah. I know games that like actual games that are like twenty dollars. Right. Yeah. Cuphead's twenty bucks on there. But it's like it's still pretty alarming to see like. You know the AAA, uh, you know console sellers yeah. that are rising in price. Like, could you imagine? Quality. Could you imagine, like me and my future, like me and my future self now, looking back on when I bought Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, 
I didn't buy it for the Series X because I didn't have it then. I don't have it now. But like I was like, oh yeah, I'm so I I will so pay seventy bucks for this. And now I was like, thank goodness I didn't pay the seventy dollar version for the Series X. Cause like that's just it was just a waste. And I just can't see like a game would have to be really good to warrant that seventy dollar price tag. Cause even now a lot of games recently you know, it's like the if we're gonna get into really big territory, it's like the game that gets released and then it's technically not finished. So then they make you pay for the content they release, the you know, DLC, DLC or the battle DLC. pass, which Halo, oh, yeah. it, Halo Infinite, they've because the beta is out for the multiplayer. And I paid for the season pass because that's what lets you customize and unlock things for your character, which, you know, it kind of follows that reach style of cause like you play to earn points to customize your character, like mm -hmm. non game changing factors. But it's, you know, it's, it, it can tell that, oh, they don't have Forge ready. They don't have co-op campaign ready when the campaign launches. They're not going to have that ready. Um, they don't have a lot of the maps ready. They're going to release it in the Battle Pass content. It's like, why you spent, especially for a case like Halo Infinite, they've delayed the game several times. Why don't you take this time to put that content you would have released after the fact and put it in now? And a lot of games are guilty of that, like especially Call of Duty is notorious for releasing like a quarter of what that $60 price tag or even 70 now would include. You're not, this is the whole four DLC seasons or the battle pass that you have to pay $10 every new season. It's ridiculous that they, they're allowed to keep getting away with this. And I think it would be an interesting like problem to kind of see through. Like if you were to get everything from a call of duty, how much is it actually? Like, is it that $150? No. Because the campaigns, I mean, you think about an average campaign for Call of Duty, you can complete it in about five hours, even less. Right. Zombies, you can spend all day in that. Multiplayer, again, spend all day in that. But I would not warrant that to be $70. I mean, just like, not that it, it's worth $70, but is it, with the Battle Pass DLC stuff, is it more like $150, like these retro games are being sold for? Oh, oh you're saying like as the prices add up? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100% it is. Especially if like you get roped in those stupid gold editions or deluxe editions, right. it makes it even worse. And I, and I think that's that's kind of... I, I mean, like, I just thought about in this conversation. Like, we are getting sold retro games prices for newer games. Yes. And it is just... Because when you see that price for a one-time payment, mm -hmm. and you're like, $150? Like, dang, that's a lot of money. Oh, but I have this $70 game. A couple weeks down the line, I'll buy the Battle Pass. Oh, there's a new DLC coming out. I'll buy 20, that. Oh, $20. Let me get that. Add that to the pile. Oh, here's a new DLC. Another $20. And it's, it just adds up to where it's like, oh, now I've spent $150 on this game to essentially complete the game. I guess that is the good thing, though. Like, the one good thing about, like, these old retro games like for the GameCube or anything else below that or you know around that general retro area that while they are like really expensive it shows how good they are because they're rare mm -hmm. but at least when you're buying that game you know you're getting all the content that you were promised with that game yeah because you buy if you spend the same amount of money on a game nowadays chances are it's not even finished and you're going to pay for that extra content later on if it's not released free because some games Good, was you know, bless them. They've done that where they release free content updates, but most games don't. And I think it's just going back to that with like what Nintendo is doing with the virtual consoles. 
It's just like another money grab. It's just we've gotten so used to not having complete games at launch. Yep. Buying more DLC yep. for regular campaigns for you know, buying essentially bug f- fixes for the game. Yeah. It's just become such a norm that we expect it. Or the virtual library for the SNES, NES games, and now the Sega Genesis and the N64 games, they're almost feel like incentives to buy the online. Like they have to find ways to sell it to you. Like, hey, you should buy this online because if you do, not only are you going to get multiplayer for a couple games that might be multiplayer, but you're also going to get this huge selection of games only if you pay us 20 bucks a month and if you stop paying that you don't get those games anymore right which that worries me i never thought about that before like what if i wanted to play switch for a year online and then i was like okay i'm done like i don't want to do it anymore those games that those snes nes games like those just go away that's just yeah like and just and just think like what about after the switch yeah. You know, like, what, what if the Switch store cuts down? You know, what if the Switch store shuts down? I can't buy any of the games they ported to it anymore. And you're right back where you started, where we were talking about game preservation. Right. Same as, what do you call it, the uh, Halo Reach servers, or I think it's most of the Reach games. It's like three, Reach, two. Anyways, those online servers for, like, the 360 and the past gen, they're getting shut down. What of the people that they don't want to do next gen? What if they like to stay in those areas of the past gen realm and they're cutting that off and forcing them to, you know, buy your Master Chief collection and update with the times and then eventually that'll be phased out when the next Xbox comes out. Actually, something that is really cool is that some people like hack the game or and have like their own private servers. Like for the GameCube game and I think the Dreamcast game Fantasy Star Online you c- there are plenty of fan like made private servers that exist just for people that want to play it on the original hardware and i think <sighs> which is like really cool but then like at the you know but then it, that it, just reinforces like the question of like if this is so popular that it has to come to this why not just capitalize on it right exactly. and i th- i think that's kind of what we harped on like kind of a little bit during this conversation the community is just cashing in where the developers won't rom hacks and emulators uh hacks of servers essentially i've seen people like try to quote unquote remake a game oh yeah no like like i think we were talking about like sonic riders like for the wii like before we even started recording like a group of people literally literally just hacked that game to make it really good Mm -hmm. because the game was bad. And I think that's really cool, but that also shows like, you know, like it's just everything's a cash grab now. Right. And I think I think that's kind of a positive light in kind of this conversation where it feels like the corporations aren't listening to us. Well, to be fair, shout out Sega for not caring. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, in that same vein, if you want to follow that, like the people, the fans just took this game and they added to it or made like their own version. Um Sonic Mania that's been on the Switch for a couple oh, yeah, of years that started, now. That started. That started as, as a, a hack. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that that game was not made by Sega really, but it was made by fans that remixed a couple Sega levels, but then they added new sprite animations, they added new levels, and if you know about the new DLC, they added uh, Mighty and Ray, which are two new characters, two whole new abilities, gave them their own new uh, levels. They added new challenge modes. Like they just took a like 
they took inspiration and some levels from the older games and they made a new game. And that shows the power of like how much people seek out those things because in that like in the realm of like if we want to get in the Sonic, when's the last time we had a classic like 8-bit or 16-bit, whatever it is, 8-bit Sonic game besides like way back then like Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic 4. Right. And then now we just have the modern games. That just shows how people want those retro games back into the limelight. And same with, like, if you want to talk about Shovel Knight, which that was one of my Black Friday purchases that I'm really excited to play, is it, it was directly inspired by Metroid. And they, they made the game as a, like, a hearkening back to those times of those 8-bit platformer games. And it's really popular. It pays off. It's probably one of Nintendo's... I mean, any list you look at, it's always in the top 25 of Nintendo's, like, best games. Like, Nintendo Switch's best games. Mm-hmm. And it shows the power behind fan-made tributes to games in the retro aspect and it's like so why can't nintendo either partner with them and do that or do it themselves and they can't do that they they just don't i mean like you know (laughs) sega goes the right route and headhunts these people because i think it's no stranger that you know sonic has not been good in a while he's not been treated well the thing is so like you know there are these people you know like the developers that made sonic mania right they understand that, you know, they, they love Sonic so much that they understand fundamentally what made the original games great. You know, when you hire a developer, like, who can code straight out of, like, you know, school, you just give them a bunch of uh, things to do, like, hey, we're doing this new game, just code like this, report to your supervisor. They don't understand what makes the game good. They don't understand, like, how to make a legitimately good game. They're just doing their work. They're just doing their job. But, you know, when you're headhunting, like, these legitimately talented people that are devoted to the property that you are already spending money on, like, it literally, it it makes complete sense to hire people like that because right. they can honestly completely revitalize a franchise or renew interest because at the end of the day, people don't care if it's 8-bit, people don't care if it's 3D, people just care if it's good. And yeah. I think... Sega's really taking a step in the right direction by not only like allowing, but like almost, you know, poaching. That's kind of a negative connotation, but, you know, just like poaching these developers and giving them insight on how to make their games better. Mm -hmm. And And I think, I think it'll work. (laughs) And like with that, like how we're talking about like how Nintendo chooses to do things. Those, these fan developers, they could have just taken, like, oh, I love the levels from Sonic 1 and Sonic 2, Sonic and Tails. Let's remix them a little bit and then, you know, remaster them and put them in this package and it's just the same game. But now, they didn't choose to do that. They did some of that. They did some of the levels. They brought them back and remixed them. But they made brand new levels, brand new soundtracks to those levels. They add new characters Yep. They took this bar that Nintendo probably would have been like, okay, we're content with this. And they went a step higher. And I think Sega likes doing that, especially if Sega's able to get away with that because Sega, I feel like in my personal opinion, they're kind of overshadowed by Nintendo. Yeah. I think they've always has been. Um, and so this is their one advantage against them because Nintendo's not going to do it, but Sega will. Right. So then you're going to probably see like, isn't Castlevania, if I'm wrong, is that not from the Sega Genesis? Uh, no, that... that started on the uh, NES. Okay, so I'm wrong. So then take a However, random... there's like a lot of like, like Castlevania Bloodlines was like a Sega Genesis exclusive. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot of like, like Sega does enable a lot of really great pro- uh, production houses. Like it's like 
-hmm. They they love showing people love as much as they love making like mediocre and trash games. It's <laughs> like kind of funny actually. Take a Sega Genesis out. I never grew up on it, so I don't know many of the games that anyone here know of a title on there. Uh, you mean like for Castlevania or just in general? Just for Sega Genesis, like a Sega Genesis title, for example. I mean, there's like Echo the Dolphin, I guess. So yeah, so <laughs> if we're just we're hypothesizing here, just like hypothetical, a a really big fan base for Echo the Dolphin. Could take like oh man I love okay, these levels. Okay, we're just gonna say Fantasy Star and Shining Force because like okay Fantasy I, Star. To be no, fair, listen. Echo the Dolphin's great, but like I just like I'm just the Echo this the is Dolphin a message fan to Sega. base. We need a remake of Echo the Dolphin. That's what HD, we need. <laughs> listen, the controls on listening. Echo the Dolphin kind of go dumb. Like shout out, shout out. They're Echo always the Dolphin, listening. Honestly, always. great game. So, They're on the like lookout Max, for. This is this is their campaign. They they listen to small college podcasts and they look for fans talking about a game and then like, hey, do you want to help market our new re <laughs> revitalize it? We have a Kickstarter for it. It'd be perfect for it. Which actually mentioned Kickstarter is if I'm not if I'm not correct, isn't Sonic Mania wasn't that originally a Kickstarter project as well as Shovel Knight was especially a Kickstarter project. I knew Shovel Knight was. Yeah, I don't know about Sonic off, Mania, but I know Shovel Knight was. Because Shovel Knight had a budget they wanted, like they had a, a certain month they wanted to make. And there was like, that was the base game. And they had like extra things that they could fund if they had the funding. The funding went through the roof for the base game and then through the roof for the extra. So they were able to make everything that they were promising mm -hmm. because of fan support. Because people are like, I want this. This is new. This is hard. this reminds me of the retro days, and I want it. I, I don't think now that I think about it, Sonic Mania probably wasn't a Kickstarter project, but I could see it being one and it getting equal support to that. I think I think that's like a good kind of thought process to take from this. Because while we definitely have our grievances with Nintendo and and uh, Microsoft and Sony, I think the community just in general, just taking older games and trying to produce them for people who don't have access to them. Like I said, whether that's through ROMs or emulators or remakes of games, I think that kind of shows... And if people start taking Sega's kind of direction, I think there's hope for like the longevity, but until we see more developers take kind of these passionate... Uh, fans I think we're still going to be stuck in this pay for the pay for older games yeah. until they're gone but... let me get my wallet <laughs> I think that's about it that we have for today I'm yeah, kind of glad where cool. it ended I was kind of scared that it was going to be a very depressing episode no there's always uh, we caught when it rains, it still shines at some point. Yeah. And, you know, while we're not entirely happy with Nintendo's marketing and business dealings, as well as Microsoft or Sony, they still make some pretty kick-ass games. Yeah. Um, Especially Nintendo. I'm still always be a Nintendo boy at heart. Yep. <laughs> I mean, like, once you've hit rock bottom, you can only go up. Yeah. That's what Sega did. True. So, Nintendo, if you happen to be listening to this, and you want to make me a happy Nintendo fan once again... You should make Super Mario Galaxy 3. It'll make a lot of people happy. It'll sell a lot of units. Just <laughs> saying. Anyways. But hopefully, next episode we have the big sort of surprise. Hopefully. Hopefully. Special not, surprise. Yeah. And you know what? If, they, if they're sick, you know, me and Rowan, we'll just speed run it. We'll do it. We'll fill in. Yeah. 
because I will not be here. Sad day, and That's we right. will miss you. Yes, That's okay. I will, I will miss you with my entire heart, Mason. I will. I really appreciate that. I'm gonna take these next two weeks to play the new Switch games I bought. Yeah, good. Which you should include Sonic Mania and Shovel Knight, good. as well as Catherine Full Body, which I'm really excited to play that as well. Nice. Um, I this is my, this is my jumping back into the Switch. Yeah. I'm not gonna let it stop me. I'm I, I, campaigned for this console so hard. And the fact that it's just collecting dust in my apartment is a shame. So I'm going to fix things. I'm going to bury the hatch. I'm going to fix things. And I'm going to play me some good games. Nice. Well, that's about it for today's episode. Well, this has been Joysticks. And Joysticks is signing off. Joysticks is brought to you by Impact 89 FM. You can find more episodes on impact89fm.org.